Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week. And regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. And if it does add value, it would mean the world to us if you would share with a friend or if you use Apple to rate and review our show. It makes a big difference. We're living in a time where inflation is all over the news. The fear of inflation, the reality of inflation, the potential consequences in the future of inflation, it's just, it's, it's in our culture more today than it has been in a long, long time. And I want to go back in time and share about another version of inflation, another time of inflation that I believe is responsible for crushing the dreams of millions and millions of Americans, but not for the reason that you might think. It was the early 40s, and we were in World War II. And there was a fear that inflation was going to hurt our war efforts, and it was going to be crippling for our society. And so I believe it was 1942, there was a law that was put into place that said that there was certain restrictions on how much employers could raise wages in America because they didn't want wages to rise too quickly because if that happened, that could be part of really what what got the ball rolling on inflation. And so they wanted to to stomp out inflation or at least limit it. And so they said, you can't raise wages more than X percent. Now, I'm not an expert at this topic, so I'm not not really going to dwell on the, the nuances of it. But something happened. Employers were trying to find good employees. They wanted to find workers. They wanted to find people that would come and work for them and serve them well and and treat customers good. And and they wanted to pay them, but they couldn't pay them more. And so something happened. They thought to themselves, well, if we can't pay you more, we need to give you something. And that something for some people ended up being healthcare. That was the birth of employers providing health insurance to their employees. And it started as, we just need to attract some people and we can't pay them more to do it. And fast forward more than 75 years, here we are living in a society where health insurance is tied to your employer. And so I believe way back in 1942, when that happened, that was the beginning of crushing the dreams of millions of Americans nearly a century later. Why do I say that? Here's why I say that. When I ask people, and I ask people all the time, what is your dream? What are you called to do? If you could do anything, what would, what would it be? And they share it with me. And it's amazing. It's amazing to hear some of these ideas. There are so many brilliant ideas in people's brains and in their hearts. And then my follow-up question, what's stopping you? The number one thing stopping people, no surprise, is fear. Fear fear is crippling to us. And we talk about fear a lot, but fear is is killing people because it's, it's scary. It's scary. We want comfort. We want predictability. We want to know what we're going to get. And sometimes our dreams, most of the time, our dreams don't involve certainty or clarity. But the number two answer that I receive 
and I receive it over and over and over and over again. So much so that it shocked me as I'll say, what's stopping you? Health insurance. I'm like, what? What do you mean health insurance? And they're like, I can't leave my job because I need the health insurance. And so that says a few different things. Number one, it says how tough our, our culture has become in connecting work with health insurance. I think it speaks to the brokenness of our, of our entire healthcare platform. Now, if you're not in America, it's like, duh, of course, we, we watch it. We watch it, we watch it happen, what happens, America, and watch what's playing out in our healthcare system. Sure, we're not gonna get into that today. We're not about being political in this topic. That's a whole other conversation. But there's a reality. There is a reality that our healthcare is tied to our employment and it's scary. But I'm going to ask the question, why are we so concerned? Now, I get it. We need health insurance. And, and, and I have people say to me, Travis, I can't afford health insurance. And my response is always, no, you can't afford not to have health insurance. So if you're out there listening to this and you're winging it and you don't have health insurance, don't do that. Please, please do not do that. Please don't do that. We are one bad day away from financial ruin. I've walked a lot of people through bankruptcy over the years, literally with them through the whole bankruptcy process. The number one cause of bankruptcy in America is medical debt. Now, there's a lot of things that hurt us. Credit cards crush us and other decisions that we make crush us. But medical is the one debt that is involuntary. Every other debt is voluntary in our society. And I believe that. Medical debt is the only non-voluntary debt we can get into. We don't choose to get sick. We don't choose to get injured, but it happens. And so if we don't have health insurance, we're one bad day away from ruin. One trip to the ER can crush us financially, can crush everything we've built. We deserve better than that. But there's a reality for a lot of people that leaving this job will put into jeopardy their health insurance. And, and not all jobs are created equal when it comes to health insurance. I have clients that have some of the most amazing health insurance coverage in the world, and I have clients that have garbage health insurance. And so today, I just want to take a little bit of a look at health insurance and maybe help see it through, through a different lens. And hear me out. I'm going to re repeat it again. We have to have health insurance. So please don't hear me saying health insurance doesn't matter. Health insurance is critical to our, our well-being and our financial future. So we got to have health insurance. So here's, but the point I want to make is health insurance is just a number. It's just a financial number, just as your rent or your mortgage is a number, just as your utility bills and your grocery bills. It's just a number. And so, yes, we got to have health insurance, but no, we are not stuck. Now, there might be a lot of nuances and considerations for each individual family, but it is, after all, just a number. It's a price we pay for a certain bill. Now, that bill happens to be tied to our work most, most often here in America, which, again, I don't think that's right, but that's a reality we're living in. So we have to live in our reality. But what do we do with it? First, we need to recognize we don't have to get our health insurance through our work. Some people have terrible health insurance through their work. 
and they, they keep it because they think that's their only option when it's not. So if you have terrible health insurance coverage at work, we need to look at options. If you don't have health insurance coverage through work, if that's not an option, we need to find other options. And there are other options out there. So for me, I, I talk about this a lot. Don't mean to beat the dead horse here, but I left my career. We took a huge pay cut. And you know what else happened? We lost all of our healthcare coverage. My wife stays at home. And I had pretty good healthcare coverage through my employer. I worked for a mega company that had pretty good coverage. And I left it. That doesn't mean I don't have healthcare, but it would have been so easy to not leave that job because I needed healthcare for my family. I have two little boys. Like they're, they're bound to get hurt and injured all the time. And after all, we're one bad day away from financial ruin if we don't have health insurance. So when I was getting ready to leave my job, I had to ask myself, now what? In, in a multitude of areas, in one of them with health, health insurance. And so we have options. Number one, there's the Obamacare health exchanges, the ACA website. Now, some people say, well, that's garbage. That sucks. Those are terrible. Well, in a lot of cases, that's true. But we can't predetermine they're not good. We need to keep all of our options open. I've helped several of my clients get healthcare coverage through the Obamacare exchanges. And it works. And it can be beneficial for a family. It's an option. Another big option is called health sharing programs. They look kind of like insurance, but they're not but they kind of look like it. And so that's what my family does. There's a lot of healthcare sharing programs. I am partial to MediShare. It's a Christian-based program. And it looks an awful lot like insurance. You pay a certain fee each month, kind of like a premium. And if you get sick, you pay the medical bills. You pay 100% of the bills up until a certain point, like a deductible. And once that level is met, other people will, will pay for your medical costs through their fees that they pay every month, kind of like insurance benefits. And then once you get to a certain point, you're done. And you don't have to pay anymore. It looks an awful lot like insurance, but it's not. And so this has been one of the biggest blessings for my family because, again, I was leaving my career. As you guys know, I don't care about money. And so as I was leaving my career, I just stepped through each piece and I said, okay, we got to make sure we're covered in this and this and this. One of them was healthcare. And so we went to MediShare. I love MediShare. And so people, people don't even know that exists. They didn't know it was an option. And we've had a beautiful experience with MediShare. It's not perfect but it's a great experience. We pay a certain fee each month. My family pays, I think we pay 300 a month. So think about what you pay for health insurance. I have clients that pay 1,000, 1,500 a month for their family for regular health insurance. My family pays 300. And then we're responsible for all of our medical bills up to a certain point. Now our point's higher. Ours is... Um, probably closer to eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000. I don't remember off the top of my head. Probably should know it, but I don't. 
And once we pay for all of those medical expenses, and that's why we have an emergency fund, and that's why we have maybe a sinking fund for medical, because it's going to happen. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but it's going to happen. When we have that bad day, we're prepared. And we'll pay our cost, and then the medical insurance will cover it from there so it doesn't destroy our family. Now, some people say, well, Travis, how can you, it's, it's ridiculous that you have to pay for all of your own medical expenses up to eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000. And they're like, that's a ripoff. Why would you do that? And I'm like, because I only pay $300 a month every month for my, for my insurance. So sure, you don't have to pay for your medical costs up to eight, nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000, but you're paying so much just for the privilege of having your insurance. We need to look at the whole picture. And so I want to share the formula that I use when I, when I coach people through this. And I, I just met with a young couple, uh, they're former youth group kids of mine, and I just met with them. And, and I said, send me the information on your health insurance and I'll help you think this through. And so here's, how, here's my thought process when I'm looking at health insurance. Often, when we, even when we work for a company, we'll have a handful of options. So what I do is I look at what's the best case scenario, what's the worst case scenario, and where's the inflection point in the middle. And so here's how I calculate best case scenario. Best case scenario is that we never get sick or go to the doctor. So best case scenario is we pay our fee every month or every paycheck, and that's it. Let's just say, for example, let's just say it's 100 a month. I'm just using round numbers. It's 100 a month for our insurance. Best case scenario, we pay $1,200 for our healthcare coverage for the year. We pay our 100 bucks a month, and we never get sick. We never go to the doctor. The best that could happen is we just spent 1200 bucks. Great. So what I also do in that calculation, if a company provides a match towards an HSA, I'll subtract it off of that. So let's just say, for example, this company, they give you $1,000 into your HSA just for, the, just for having that healthcare coverage. So I take the $1,200 that you have to pay in premium, subtract out the $1,000 they are going to give me anyway. Best case scenario, cost me $200. So $200 is my baseline. Best case scenario for this policy Let's say there's another policy that they offer that it costs 300 a month. So best case scenario, it's going to cost me 3600 bucks. And they don't offer, let's say they don't offer an HSA. It's not an HSA plan, so they don't give you a match. So best case scenario is 3600 bucks. So case, you know, policy 1, best case 200 bucks. Policy 2, best case 3600. So then I look at it and say, okay, what's the worst case that can happen? So what I do for that is I look at what's your out-of-pocket max. In other words, what's the most you would have to spend out of your own pocket on medical costs before they just cap you out, before they say, okay, you've had enough, we'll, we'll take it from here. And so let's just say, let's just say on that first policy, your out-of-pocket max is... $10,000. Let's just use that as an example. And then let's just say for simplicity, let's say $10,000 is the out-of-pocket max on the other plan. 
Sometimes it's the same, sometimes it's not, but let's just try to be simple for my own sanity here in the discussion. So your worst case scenario for plan A is your 10,000 out-of-pocket max plus your premiums. So $10,200 is your worst case scenario. If you have the worst year of your life, that's the worst that could happen to you. Let's look at your other option, plan B. The worst that can happen to you is your $10,000 out-of-pocket max plus the $3,600 you're paying just to have coverage. And so if you look at the two policies, your best case is better on plan A, your best case, your worst case is better on plan A. Now the nuance comes in the middle, your deductible. And so let's just say, let's just say plan A, your deductible is high. Let's just say it's $6,000. So under plan A, you have to pay $6,000 before the insurance even kicks in. So it's good to know. Plan B, let's say your deductible is $2,000. You have to pay $2,000 before the deductible kicks in. And so there is a scenario in there where even though your best case and your worst case scenarios are better under plan A, with plan B, there's more muddy in the, in the middle ground. If you get kind of sick, but not really, plan B could be better. And so how it often works out is that plan A, the high deductible that costs you very little in premium, that plan is usually best for people that are really, really healthy or really, really unhealthy. And it's only the middle ground that you're like so-so, like, eh, we got, we got a bunch of medical stuff, but it's not like the worst, worst time ever. That's where plan B might come in. And so that's how I help people process through this. For most people, especially young adults, especially young adults, plan A, the high deductible plan, usually have a, a better best case scenario and you, you typically have a better best case scenario. I'm sorry, worst case scenario. Better best case scenario, better worst case scenario. That's usually the best bet. And then the HSA that they offer you, it's a different conversation. It's a beautiful thing. So that's how I kind of look at it and process it. And so back to the original thesis. The original thesis is it's just a mathematical equation. We look at our options, whether that's an option for job A, job B, job C, or, you know, the Obamacare health exchange or healthcare sharing or wherever else you can get your health insurance. We should keep all options on the table. All options should be on the table. And never, ever, if we, can, if we can do this, never let it stop us from living our dream. There's a lot of reasons that we can come up with to not follow our dreams. Don't let healthcare coverage be the one. There's always a better way. Now, mathematically, it might not be better. But paying a little bit more for health insurance it's probably worth it to live your dream life, to live out your call, to impact people in the way that you are uniquely gifted to help them. And so I, I hope this helps a little bit. I hope it helps frame up how you look at this and to just really take a step back and make sure we're not being slaves to our health insurance. We deserve better. I think our society deserves better than to have it jammed into our employment. 
We can thank those folks back in 1942 for making this happen. And maybe someday we'll break away from this. I don't know. I'm not in the healthcare industry. I'm sure there's a lot of nuances and considerations that make it very tricky. I'm not even going to doubt that. But as you operate in your own family, you have to deal with reality. We can say all we want. It shouldn't be this way or it should be that way. We still have to wake up each and every day in the reality we're living in. Influencing what we can influence, controlling what we can control. And we can't control how healthcare works. All we can control is what we do with it. How we play within the rules that have been set out for us. And I, for one, am choosing not to allow health insurance enslave me into a life that I don't want to live. And my prayer is that you don't either. Because you might be one decision away, and that one decision might be your health insurance. That one decision, that one hurdle for you, whether it's an emotional, a spiritual, a mental, a physical hurdle, I don't know. That hurdle might be what gets you to the most amazing life you could ever live in changing the world. And it would be a shame if the world-changing impact that you could have is stopped over health insurance. You deserve better, and we as a society deserve better because we deserve the amazing impact that you have the potential of, of providing. And so we would love to hear your perspective on this. We'd love to hear your feedback, your questions, criticisms. Let us know. You can find us on Instagram, Meaning Over Money. You can find me, Travis Shelton, on Instagram. You can find our YouTube channel. And you can also find Meaning Over Money, which is our financial course for young adults, where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money. And that's at meaningover.money. And it's our way of saying thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you decide you want to buy a course, don't pay full price. Please don't do that. We want to give you 25% off by using the promo code PODCAST25. PODCAST25 is our way of saying Thank you. And if you're not interested in that, that's totally cool. We're just glad that you're here and we hope it continues to add value to your journey. Take care, guys. 